Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Hey everyone, are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. I have my fellow category king, Bill Allen on the line. He is with Seven Figure Flipping. Um, he is an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, and a freaking total powerhouse. So what we thought, so Bill, go back and look at previous a previous episode that Bill um, is on. I'll put it in the show notes what that episode is, so you know. Go back and watch that episode. But the cool thing was is that after the episode, like Bill and I become really good friends. It's like, he's the yin to the yang. He's like the female, the male version of me. I'm the female version of him, but he's way more hardcore than I am, to be honest with you. And so the good conversation happened after the podcast turned off. And so I was like, we're just going to talk right now and you're going to be able to listen to what to a multi-million dollar um, business owners talk about in the form of marketing, what's working and what's not. And I thought that this would just be super, super fun. And so whatever comes from it, comes from it. Bill's a super mindset guy. Bill, just tell them a little bit about yourself before we get going. Sure. Uh, so my story is like military story. I was a uh, W-2 employee for the Navy. I worked for the Navy for like almost 15. I did 15 years of active duty, but in there, I kind of like found entrepreneurship. So I started a real estate business, investing business, bought, uh, started flipping houses um, on the side while I was still flying full-time and uh, was doing like one house a year until I found a mastermind group. So I found a mastermind group, paid $25,000 to join this mastermind group and exploded my business. I went from doing one house a year. I did 67 the first year, then 135, then 187, then over 200 uh, houses every year after that. So, and for anybody that's listening, that's an investor, it's we would do somewhere between 12 houses, like 12 actual flips to like 50 actual flips a year. And the rest were wholesale deals. So we were just like the middleman where we would put a house under contract and then assign it to another investor. Um, so about 80% of our deals were like that. And then 20% were actual flips were like going in, doing all the work, selling the house at the end. And so built a business and I eventually had the opportunity to buy the company that I joined the mastermind group from. So a longer story, but it's been pretty cool. Now I uh, run the mastermind group full-time. I brought a partner in, in my investing business. I still am involved there, but um, I really love the uh, coaching consulting mastermind uh, group that we have. It's just so cool. He does too. So, so everyone to put this into perspective. Okay. So he was, you know, wanting to get into to, to flipping and he tells a story about asking his dad if he should invest in this program. And I, I want him to tell that again, because I think it's really, really important. But right now in real estate, it, it's kind of changing a little bit, Bill, just like the market's switching a little bit. It's not as crazy of a large market as it was, right? It was so crazy. It's kind of with interest rates changing and all that. It's kind of, we're seeing a shift. I um, mean, some markets actually pretty, pretty quickly where we're, we're noticing, wow, it's not such a crazy seller's market anymore. But anyway, it's been crazy getting listings over the past several years. It's been just a super, super seller's market. And Bill, if you think that it's hard to get listings right now, Bill's doing a hundred plus off market property. So finding listings to sell that are off market. If you think that getting sellers are hard or getting buyers into a, a, a property is hard, um, getting, uh, 
finding homes off market to sell and flip is harder than any of the things we just talked about. So it's a very, very um, difficult skill. And he's managed to just crush it and do super, super well. So let uh, me put that, let me put that into perspective for them. So um, probably like 96 to 97% of all transactions that are done out there in the United States are done with a realtor. Uh, I think we can all agree with that. Um, I bought and sold around 850 houses in the last few years, 800 to 850 houses in the last like six years now. And um, only 10 of those have been like from the MLS. Everything else has been direct to seller. And um, we usually buy our houses at like 50 to 60 cents on the dollar. So I'm, if, if you, if the realtors that are listening, think that you're competing, like I'm not only am I competing with all the other investors, I'm also competing with you and you guys control like 97% of the marketplace. And so I'm 3% of the marketplace. So 3% of the marketplace and houses that sell, sell to like on a distressed market to somebody like me. And then I have to compete with everybody else. So it is a bit of a challenge, but like, I, I still don't think it's, it's easy to compare like it's not an apples to apples comparison either. So I realized the, the other thing is like, we don't have a ton of like high caliber investors that are out there. And as realtors, the realtor, there's a ton of realtors, right? It's, it's a yeah. low barrier to entry. It's very easy to get. There's not a lot of like really high caliber, like the top 1%. So like, if you look at you guys as realtors, you guys that listen to this podcast, I'm sure like the top one or 2% of realtors out there, I, my community is like the top one or 2% of real estate investors. So if you think about that like that, we're very much, um, uh, it is, it is a challenge to, it's so much easier to like, Oh, I'll just list your house. Like if I could just list your house and I really have to fight with my team and my staff and even myself in the very beginning as, as a licensed uh, agent in, in Florida to not just say, I'll list it. Like we really have to just say like, look, I'd much rather buy it than list it. Like, this is why I want to buy it. But by no means are we beating up the agents. Are we saying that you guys aren't good at what you do? Because you're absolutely amazing. And usually the first thing that I say when I walk into houses, why don't you just sell a, you know, why do you want to sell a beautiful house like this? Why don't you just put it on the MLS? Why don't you just rent it out? Why don't you do this? And they're convincing me on why they should sell it to me um, for cash off market. I look at us like a pawn shop. You walk into a pawn shop with your grandmother's diamond ring, you know that you're walking in there, not getting full price for your, your diamond ring, but you're trading the equity that you have for speed and ease of transaction in the cash that day. So that's what we provide. And convenience. And do you tell people that with that analogy with the whole pawn shop thing? Yeah, for sure. And then the other one I like to use is like, people talk about wholesaling all the time. I'm like, look, everybody wholesales everything. Like there's a, there's a, everything is wholesaling. There's wholesaling everywhere. So you go into the supermarket and every single thing that you pick up. So we have a farm here in Tennessee. You go pick up a head of lettuce, the, the Kroger people, or I don't know what do you guys have Vons, Vons over there, Vons, they don't go to the farm and go pick the lettuce. Like there's somebody that buys the lettuce from the farm, drives it over to the uh, Vons and then sells it to Vons. And there's a wholesaler in the middle. Like we have the same thing in real estate. So people always, especially like a lot of realtors beat us up for that. And it's just like, look, we're providing a marketplace and the flippers need us and the landlords need us because we're going out paying all the marketing dollars up front to go find all these opportunities to then figure out how to make money in the marketplace. Yes. Oh, I don't, I don't hold it against you guys. I, I always, I'm actually shocked that people would actually want to sell that way, but you're like, Hey, the market exists, right? The market definitely exists. It's a much smaller market, but it does exist. And it's just a matter of finding them. So, you know, I remember you telling me, you know, Hey, you, you'll go into a market and somebody will say, Oh, it's so difficult. So hard here. There's no off market properties. And you're like, yeah, they are. So, so, and we're not going to talk about that right now, but the bottom line is, is that there's, you need to be willing to do something about whatever it is that you're saying 
can or can't be done. It's all, it all has to do with what you're willing to do or what you're willing not to do. And I, you know, one of the things if everyone knows, I love real estate agents. I love lenders. That's why I, you know, I, I love entrepreneurs. That's why I have this podcast. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm doing, do what I do, but inevitably, and I'd love to hear your stake on this, but so many people say they want the thing. They want the riches. They want success. They want to have money. They want you know, to, to be in the top, you know, one, 3% in, in their field, but they're not willing to do what it takes. I'm just amazed about how few amount of people are willing to do the thing. I'll give you an example. Today I had a, I had a challenge and there was over 1200 people signed up and 267 people actually showed up. Right. And we've been able to prove after five days for one hour a day, typically about 50% of the people only stay till the end. Like, 50% do not even stay. And it's not like it's boring. We get people results literally during the five-day challenge. You know, I'm a digital marketing expert to say like, absolutely, everyone needs to be marketing online right now. And I've sold thousands of homes. So you'd think like agents and lenders would, would do whatever it took to get there. They're not. So let's talk about that. Like the, the success and being willing to do the thing and the consistency factor and all that. Because you're like, uh, Bill, you are like, he's like a unicorn, everyone. The guy is like a workaholic. I mean, he, he just, he's a worker. He does what he does what it takes. Are you looking to transform your business? Well, if the answer is yes, then you don't want to miss out on our three-day intensive event starting soon for only $97. This event is jam-packed. Three full days of live coaching with me. We have breakout sessions to customize and implement our daily training so that you can actually utilize them into your business. We're gonna give you the training to craft your personal strategy to convert your leads into long-term clients. So let's go. What are you waiting for? Register now at kristamayshore.com slash three days live. Can't wait to see you there. Just go to kristamayshore.com slash three days live and let's transform your business. Well, so there's, there's one thing in there when, when we say like workaholic, I want to be careful because I really, so I have a problem shutting it off. I do. So I have a problem shutting it off. I think all entrepreneurs do. And I think it really comes down to those like Tony Robbins, six human needs type stuff where all of these needs are being met by what we do. And it's really exciting and we get addicted to it. So I'm totally addicted to work. However, um, that doesn't mean that I work 24 hours a day. In fact, this morning I got up at four 30, I went and did an orange theory class from five to six. And then at six o'clock, I went to pick up the farmer that helps me with my farm. We drove over to another friend's farm, drove a, tr I drove a tractor 20 miles an hour on the road, like on the main highway for like nine, uh, nine miles. So I was like, hold, I was the guy holding up traffic at like 7am, 6 30 in the morning. And, um, then I was on the farm. I got, or I got my kids up, made them breakfast, went to the farm, worked on the farm for like an hour and a half. Then I went to an office to meet with a local person, uh, a local, um, uh, entrepreneur talked to her for like a half an hour, did a marketing video for her inside of our farmer's market group. And then I came to work around 11 o'clock. So like I've been, I've been at it for like five hours before that, but I haven't really done anything for my business. Then I started making a couple videos, did this podcast. So I, I when I work, I work really, I'm really intense when I work, like I work. You're intense with everything. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, I, like, I find a lot of people, they can't get done the amount of work in the same amount of time that I can. I can basically double their output by being focused, like laser focused on what I do. So uh, I, when I hear workaholics or people that work hard, I think like, oh, maybe, okay, they work like 
16 hour days or something. And people aren't willing to put that in. So I don't think that's necessary for everybody that's listening. So that's not what, that's not what Chris or I are talking about right now. We're talking about the quality of work that you put in and the amount of effort that's put in. So if you want to be successful, like you got 1200 people to sign up for a challenge, 270 or so showed up. The other thousand people are just looking for like the easy button. They won't actually do any work, like no work. Like, can you just email me the recording and I'll watch it at my leisure? You will never never will. I never will. They never watch it. No. And so I think the thing that, the thing that I keep coming back to, and we, we talk about this a lot and I think about this a lot, like what is the formula for success in any industry? I think step one is you have to, like people talk about this deep rooted why, right? This why. And I think you have to be like, there has to be some pressure. Like there has to be something. And, and so step one, I think is like, there's, there's gotta be some reason like why you're doing this thing, but that why comes from pressure. Mm -hmm. The people that I see that are really successful, they're either like so determined that they will do the thing and they're incredibly competitive, which is where I fall. I fall in this like super competitive. I say, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. And I'll do whatever it takes to get it done. And then you've got the other people who are like, they're in so much pain or they they have a, a need that has to be met or a longing of some sort that, that they, they don't have a backup plan. And so what I feel like people come into our community, same thing. And it's like, I try to pick like, okay, this person's going to be awesome. This person's not, this person's going to struggle. And I'm usually wrong, like 50% of the time. Um, these, what I find is like, people have this plan, a plan B plan C and plan D. And they like have a full-time job and they, they, they like their job and they're making a bunch of money. Like, you know what? I'd really try, like to try to be a realtor maybe and make a little bit extra money. And maybe this will be my full-time thing. Maybe not. They like dip the toe in, they check it out. And they're like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to my nice cushy job that I don't mind. It's not horrible. I don't love it, but it's not horrible. So I'm just going to keep doing that thing for another couple of years. And then maybe I'll try it again. And like, those are the people that I feel like they'll, they'll never make it as an entrepreneur doing the thing that they want to do, even though like underneath all of that, they're not even willing to, to take the time to do a little bit of the work that it takes to uncover this like amazing, solid bar of gold that's down there underneath a little bit of pain. Mm-hmm. But the person who's like, I quit or I got fired last week. I don't know how I'm going to make my rent next month. I got to do this thing. And they buy Christmas course and they jump and they go all in, like all in, all in, right? That person is like going to make diamonds out of the pressure that's created in there. So that I've seen that time and time again is the person who's just like, if this works, great. If not, I'm okay. That person like well, never does. Settle. It's like so many people are are willing to settle and they're, they're so, they're so afraid. They're just afraid of, of like the unknown. They're afraid of the failures that they know they're going to make. They're afraid of what if it doesn't work? I'm like, what if it, like, what if it does? I was just, yeah. what if it does work. Right. I mean, uh, I remember, and you know what, mother, they could be afraid of that. Oh, like, and, and honestly, they might be afraid of that. That's something okay, I don't understand. People say, I'm, I'm afraid of success. I don't understand that because I just, I, I can't even teach it or even really speak to it because I don't have that. And I'm, I would love to be able to find someone that could help me speak to the fear of success because I don't understand it enough to even help people. I know so many people have that fear. Can you speak well, so, to that or not? A little bit. So, uh, you know, a lot of times, so I see it in, I see it in people who are like, 
afraid to talk about what they're doing until they've done the thing that they're trying to do. Like they want to be an expert before they can talk about what they're doing. And so I think that we have a lot of, we have a lot of faith-based folks in, in my community, a lot of Christians. And what I find is there's a struggle there. There's a struggle with making a lot of money or what it looks like. And I really feel like this is what other people are projecting on them a lot of times. So I've had to have these conversations with quite a few Christians in my community of like, well, like how much money do I need? Like, I really don't need this much money. If I'm successful, then what is that? What am I going to become? Because my whole life I've, I've served God. I've wanted to do all of these things for him. But now if I have this abundance and all of this money, what, and, and I'm going out there searching for this and, and success and growth and all these things, then it might move me further away from him. And so I don't know if that's what is in your community, in my community, that's where a lot of that stems from. And so that conversation has to go they've to a been, different place. Kind of been saying it's sort of worldly to make a lot of money, right? It's worldly and you don't need, is that, that's kind of what the feeling is. Yeah, very, very much like, like, okay, if, if I'm, if I have all this abundance and this money and, and am I doing it for me and, and my, and my ego and selfishness, and, selfishness and, and, and all of those things versus like, I, I want to do everything in this image of God. And so I see that we have to talk to that. I, I had a conversation like three years ago with one of our members, uh, Jennifer, and I still remember that conversation It's burned in my head. I was like, I actually, I think you need to answer this for you. Like if, if you do have more money, you do have more success. What would that mean for you? Would it move you away from God? Would you stop going to church? Would you stop praying? Would you stop doing all these things? Or would it just make you more abundant? It, it, would it, would it, would it like, you could empower more, you, you could more. give more, totally. you could, it's kind of like people will, this is, I, I'm going off tangent here, but people will be like, oh, you know, like, I don't, I want to be able to, 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 to donate to my church, or I want to be able to donate my time to my kids' schools, but they, they're afraid of like, if they would just take a little bit of time right now working on themselves and their business and maybe not being able to do it as much right now so that later on they could do it so much more, right? Instead of donating a thousand a month or a hundred a month, you could donate you know, 5,000 a month, 10,000 a month, right? Or you could do, instead of doing an hour every two weeks, you could do like, you know, three hours a week because you you get yourself in that position to, to do well. So I understand the idea of the of the whole religious aspect of fear of um, fear of success. Well, what, what is the other one? Because I don't think everyone is always about religion I, and I don't yeah. understand it. So I think, I think the other side is, is, I don't know necessarily know that it's fear of success, but it's, it's I've never been successful before. It's almost like the lottery winner the way that I look at this is if you, if you think of it like a thermostat, like we have a thermostat, right? Mm -hmm. And so if my thermostat is set, just like in your house, your thermostat set at 70, if you want to crank it up, what is it going to do? It's going to you turn it up hotter. It's going to kick on air conditioning and kind of, kind of cool it down. Right. Same thing. If I turn it down cooler, it's going to kick on the heat and it's going to move it back up. So all of our thermostats set. So going from a place that you've never seen success in anything in your life. So I see people um, that are afraid of that. They're like, you know what? I'm not good enough. Everything stems from two things. Uh, Tony talks about this a lot. I'm not good enough or I won't be loved. So I really feel like this comes down from, I'm not good enough. Like e even if I had success, I would just lose it. Even if I made a bunch of money, I would just sabotage it. Even if I did like, if I did hire a couple of people that went, well, like I would just, I would screw it up. Like I've been a screw up my whole life. Why should I think that I'm any different? And I don't know if it's always the screw up thing, but it might be this success. That word to them might have this deep rooted pain, this wound. I, I take everything back to like, 
this hero's journey. Like there's the essence of who we are. And then we have this identity that we've created around ourselves based on our past history, wounds, struggles, issues, trials, all these things, what we've been told about ourselves, the experiences that we've had, everything creates the identity. The good thing about our identity is it protects us from pain. So their identity is wrapped around. I'm not successful. Like I'm, I can't, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not going to go make a million dollars a year. Krista can do that, but I can't do that. Like, it's just not who I am. And we have to kill off like old identities and we have to go through pain of these old wounds, these old, we have to actually like pass through that to become the person that we need to become. And so I I don't know, maybe something, some of that rambling made sense, but inside of there, this identity piece, like everybody's identity is different. So for me and you to try to understand what's holding somebody else back, it could be 20 years of of identity struggles and, and, and it could be pain from middle school or high school or, uh, uh, what, what they grew up with, all of these things, what they look at as money. Like, what do they see money as? Like, yeah. what's, what, how do they define money? How do they feel about that? And yeah. I had to go well, through a lot of this. We're raised like, Oh, money's bad. And you know, successful people are people that have a lot of money are a-holes or whatever it is. Yeah. Who'd they have to screw over to get that, yes. that yeah. house, that car, like what, what they have to do or like, so I remember there's two very fundamental things in my business career that have stopped me from growth. And I remember hitting a wall and needing somebody to help me through it. So the first one was in my real estate investment business. And it was my first call with my mentor, I paid $25,000, joined the program and was like, all right, you got the systems. Tell me what to do. I'm flipping one house a year. I want to flip 12 houses a year. That was my goal the first year. And he said, the first year. 67. We did 67. Oh my God. That's so cool. So, and and that was in about eight or nine months, but I'm on this call and he's like, all right, tell me about your business. Tell me about what you want to do. I was like, well, I'm flying all day. So I drive to the job site. I stop at the job site. Then I go to work and then I come back and then I check in and obviously people don't show up or do anything while I'm gone. And then I, I get angry. I do a little bit of work in the house and then I go home and I have a newborn baby. And then I repeat that every single day. And then on the weekends, I'm working at the house. So I can only get one house done every year right now. I want to get 12 done a year. She's like, okay, so you want to do one a month? I said, yeah, one a month. He's like, all right, well, how are you going to do that? I was like, I don't know. You have this, you sold me the thing. You have the secret. Give me the secret. And he's like, well, I think you need to find some help. I think you need to hire somebody. And I was like, nope. I said, it's my only non-negotiable is I'll never hire anybody. It's just going to be me. I don't be responsible for anybody's food on their table, anybody's salary, any of that stuff. I've never had to pay somebody in my entire life to do anything for me. I mow my own grass. I do, I, I, I do my own work on my own car. I learn, I, no, I'm not ever hiring somebody. And he's like, all right, well, I mean, you're having trouble doing one a year right now. So how are you going to do 12 when you're by yourself? And so I, I left that call and thought about it. And I came back like a week or two later and finally said, fine, I'll hire somebody to tell me what to do. I'll do it. That was, that was me. And, and it was, there was a lot more like internal turmoil conversations that had to happen, uh, mindset shifts that had to happen, just accepting the fact that I'm going to be responsible for somebody else's pay. And that's the one thing that got me to the next level. Like that thing, that decision, me saying yes to that, me opening myself up to failure, having to hire somebody, fire somebody, pay somebody, not pay somebody, like all the things that come with that raises, other people's their their kids their kids have to eat based on the money well, that I'm no supplying. Worry, Freaking out. You have enough, make enough to do it. But it's like, and the funny thing is too is you you hire a mentor. He's telling you what to do, and you're telling him no. Like, yeah, it's crazy to me. No, nope, that's I'm the stupidest thing that. ever. By the way, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm not yeah, going to. This, this, this is my hired. 
that guy did like three and a half million dollars that year and had a team of like 20 and he was basically working two hours every two weeks. And I was like, I want to do that. He's like, all right, this is the path to it. And I was like, uh, but that's what happens. And that's okay. I, I think that's okay. In the beginning, like there, there's some, but I didn't take me a year or two years or three years to finally say, all right, I'll listen to you. Like I didn't know any better. I wasn't doing something else. I was just like, I don't know if I can do that. And I think that's the struggle that we go to. That's the, that's kind of the bridge that we have to build. We have to accept the fact that what we're doing or have done in the past is not working for us. This other person that I trust that I've hired, it is working for them. Let me figure out how that can work for me. Like, okay, I'm going to start listening. I'm going to start saying yes. That's a whole nother conversation. But the fact that like me saying yes to hiring somebody, and by the way, now I'll pretty much hire somebody to do anything, like anything. Like, and, and I, I will, I probably have 50 people working for me in some form or fashion right now, from my farm to the multiple companies that I have to part-time people that come in to virtual assistants. It, it, like, it's crazy. I'm just By the like, way, can... I thought about you this weekend when I went to the farmer's market, I was like, Oh, Bill's probably having his farmer's market this weekend. I went to one. Then I was like, I, w- I was, yeah, you were on my mind. So I was, and I loved it. Did you love it? Oh, I loved it. I, I love it. I, love money, it. I was like, I wonder if, they, if they're making, they know how much they're making. Cause you said you're tracking, you know, <laughs> I, I track every single dollar now. It's awesome. But uh, you know, I run it like a business. We should run it like a business. Yes. The other people are like, I don't know how much I made this week. I was like, uh, it could be a problem. So the second one, the second one for this business, seven figure flipping business that I had to change my identity was I said, I'm not ever going to be the person that does the marketing and sales for this company. I don't ever want to sell from stage. I don't want to get on, on a, um, I don't want to go to a conference and I don't want to sell something to somebody. I don't, I, I don't even want to sell somebody the $25,000 thing that I bought. And I just, I just was so, it was internal fear of what people were going to think or say about me that I have to get up on stage and, and sell something. And I'll tell you what, it took a lot of work and coaching and mindset shifts to now get to the point where I don't care. Like if somebody's out there going, Oh man, this guy's selling me really hard. You're right. I am. And I'm doing it for your own good because what I have is amazing. And when I sell it to you, I feel great about it. I smile from ear to ear because I know I'm going to change your life. If you let me, Right. Well, and you're no, doing the not same even thing. That. If they'll just do the thing. It's like, well, like, that's you, what I mean. Like I if you, we're not if you let me, like, life. let yeah. me yeah. Help you. listen, but pay they attention, have to do it. do it. They have to be the one to do it. It's like, totally. you can give anybody whatever, but they have to be willing to do it. It's so funny too, because like, what we'll notice in our programs is that around the five month mark is when we start to see people trying to get out of the thing, right? Like they haven't, and then we'll look back. They've not done the thing. It's like, okay, so you want out of this, so you're saying it's a money thing, but you haven't done any of the things. Like, nope, I'm not going to let you because you didn't do any of the things you're supposed to do. And now all of a sudden, it's like, you hired me because you wanted me to help you. I wouldn't be doing my job if I let you out. Like, you got to do the thing. And I want people to understand, if you want your life to be different, you've got to change what you're doing and literally take... 1000% extreme ownership as to where you're at right now. It's not the market's fault. It's not Ukraine's fault. It's not COVID's fault. It's, it's, it's a thousand percent extremely on you to get the life that you want. But most people are not willing to put in the work. I'm just, I mean, success is so easy it, because most people aren't willing to, to do, to do what it takes to be successful. You've got to be consistent. You've got to keep going and understand that every little tiny thing that you do. So for example, now I'm on a tangent, but like people that are working for something and they don't see the results right away. Right. Like, let's just say you're, you, you're doing something and it's kind of like when you plant a seed, you're watering the seed for like 
you know, weeks and weeks, maybe months before you ever see the seed, the seed start to sprout, right? But like by you watering the seed, if you didn't water the seed, nothing would happen. So when you're building a business, let's just say, you know, in one, one week, you're starting to create video content. The next week, you're making up your marketing plan. Then you're doing like a marketing video. Then you're, you know, you're working on your, your marketing presentation. Then you're like all these things you're doing and you don't see the results from them, but really you are, the results are happening. They just aren't, you're not seeing them. And if you don't do those things, when the opportunity actually comes up to actually get the business, if you don't do the things, all the little things that it took for you to get to, to have that, that, that chance to convert that client, you're never going to be able to convert that client because you didn't do all the things beforehand, right? So even though you don't see the results of the harvest right away, it doesn't mean that, that, that it's not ready to sprout. Like it's, it's already sprouting. It's sprouting as you do, but most people are not willing. They don't see the results immediately. Um, they stop, they quit. Yeah, I think the biggest trick that I've learned recently is to just, you have to see the result before you take the action. So like the, the interesting thing for me, if I think about your people right now, like when they jump into the program, they saw the result. That's why they joined, right? So you're talking about these people that five months down the road. So they saw the result. They said, okay, I can do that. Like Krista can do it. I can do it. Her students can do it. I can do it. And they saw the result. And then what happened was time went by right? And they didn't take the action to change their beliefs and to see more results. And so when you don't take the action, what happens is that the results that you saw in that moment at that event or wherever you were start to fade. Oh yeah. And if you, so if you don't regularly see the results in your head and just say, that's, that's my, that's why like vision boards and, and, and things that you look at on a regular basis. Like for me, I'm, I'm buying an airplane, like really expensive, amazing airplane. And I can't wait. It gets here. I, I think it's going to get here this week. Bill, I think it gets here this like, week. I'm always like, I wonder if, how big Bill's airplane is. Like how big is it? An airplane versus more like a jet. Like I see him all the time. I think about you. It's so funny now. Yeah. So, well, you can, you can play comparison when you fly with me, but I, like in my mind, it's like, it's, in, I can see it. It's in the hangar. Like when I made the decision that I'm going to do that thing, like I, I can see it in the hangar. Like it's sitting there. I can see myself walking up putting my bags in, taking my family on this trip, going like way higher than my plane right now goes, going twice as fast as the plane goes. Instead of taking three and a half hours to get to Disney, we're there in an hour and a half. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I cannot wait for this. Like it's already done. Like it's done. And so I now- when you sent me a picture and you're like, I'm buying this jet. Yeah. <laughs> in front of yeah. It's already mine. I'm like, oh gosh, that's right. That's it. And, and, and that's what I've realized that- Early on, I was somehow doing a, a version of that, but not to, to the point now where you and I are, it's like, it doesn't take a lot of work for us to act. And, and, and if, what we have to do to really understand the folks that are struggling to get going right now is we have to go back like years in the past and put ourselves in that situation. So I did try to do that recently. I was like, you know what? I didn't see success. Like I couldn't see the path to that thing. I knew that I probably could do it. I have belief in myself, but like what I wish I did. And I think I, I went fast, but if I wanted to go really fast, like I would be envisioning this, all of it, like the life that I would be living, the, the, the view of my bank account on the computer, if that's what I want, like the, the things that I wanted to get for my wife or my kids or the trip that we wanted to go on. Like I, I need to see it and like feel it and, and believe it. And then I, like nothing will stop me. So people talk about their why a lot. 
And I think, I think most of the time they're full of crap. Like they say, it's my family. It's these things like that's, that's a deep hole that I'm more than willing to go into at some point if we need to, but like they say these things, but it's like, uh, when I, when I'm talking to the high level clients that I have, it's like, if you had $10 million in your bank account right now, or $50 million in bank account right now, would you stay at home all day and play with your kids? And they're like, no, I wouldn't. Like I said, all right, well, what would you do? And they're like, well, I keep doing what I'm doing. Cause I really love that. Like, all right, well then that's really not, I mean, it's probably part of it. They're probably part of the equation, but if you wouldn't stay home and change the diapers and take them to school or homeschool them or whatever, then that's probably not the thing that's driving you to do whatever you're doing right now. Like having them be able to do the things that they want when they want with who they want, those kind of things fine. But it also includes work because if you wouldn't give it up with 10 or 50 or a hundred million dollars in the bank, then you're not going to give it up and that's okay. But let's get real about what's driving you. And I think when we get to that, like for most people, they don't know what's driving them. Even, even successful, high-level successful entrepreneurs don't, don't understand. Well, have you ever read the book, The Gap in the Game from Dan Sullivan? Yes. Okay, yes. So I, I, there was a white paper on that before the book. It, oh, this really? is amazing. Yeah. Are you looking to transform your business? Well, if the answer is yes, then you don't want to miss out on our three-day intensive event starting soon for only $97. This event is jam-packed, three full days of live coaching with me. We have breakout sessions to customize and implement our daily training so that you can actually utilize them into your business. We're going to give you the training to craft your personal strategy to convert your leads into long-term clients. So let's go. What are you waiting for? Register now at kristamayshore.com slash three days live. Can't wait to see you there. Just go to kristamayshore.com slash three days live and let's transform your business. So he, he says, and I maybe maybe it wasn't him that started, but I, I, I love Dan Souls. But he says that basically like for entrepreneurs, I mean, when I first started and left my my teaching job to become a real estate agent, my I knew my why. It was a thousand percent. I've got to, I was like where you said it was like do or die, right? Like husband left, new girlfriends coming up, picking up my kids driving my car. They're gone. Bank accounts are totally drained. We just bought a new house. I just left my full-time teaching job. And I was like, oh my God, it's like do or die, right? I had to, I had to make it work. So my, my why, my absolute must have to make this work was I got to keep my kids in this house. I got to, I got to put food on the table. I'm, it's, it's, it's me or me or nothing, right? That was the why. Well, now it's like he, and Dan will say, you don't always, as, as, as high level entrepreneurs, we don't always have to have a why. Like, what's my why now? Well, I love people. I mean, um, but if I love people so much, I would just give it away for free, which they wouldn't do it then. But you know, it's like, I don't even know what my why is now. Like my why, I really, really do want to make an impact on the world. I want to help people. I want to like just make a huge difference. I want to leave a legacy. But it's like, it's not like, oh, my kids are gonna, you know, I can't, I can't feed my kids. So I think it, at different areas in your life and at different areas, levels of success, your why changes. And you might not necessarily even always have one sometimes because I don't, I wouldn't be able to tell you what mine is now. Yeah, but I, I would, I, I can tell what yours is. It's, it's growth and contribution. That's it. You want to give back to this community, your people, like you yeah. want to serve the people you work your butt off. Like I've never seen anybody work as like, 
I mean, you care so much. You're like, I don't care. I don't feel well. I'm going on. If I, I can't talk, I'm going on. Like I have to do this. I I'm going to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. And it's not about the money anymore. And you're right. Like when I started, it was about the money. And now I know what it's about. It's about those people. And I'll tell you, I did that. This like the seven levels of why exercise just, I love that. I just did it recently. And I found, I mean, mine is very primal. It's like the fact that I am afraid to die. I got to a place, really dark place. I'm afraid to die and not leave a, a, a stamp on this world somehow to that, like, like people will be impacted and remember whatever, however I've helped them, Yeah, you know? And, and now I'm on like this mission to help as many people as possible, because the cool thing is people are doing more than I did, like with what we have in our coaching and, and like, they're, they're like, you have like the sensei in karate, right? They're like eclipsing that person. Like they're grow- like, well, you have a guy who's building these like luxury short-term rentals over at Bear Lake. And I mean, this dude is going to be 10 times the entrepreneur that I ever was, right? Never will be. And I, I'm like, wow, like to be part of that story, he, could, he has the potential to go on and change the world at even a higher level than me. And so, well, and, and, and just- cool, cool, because that's what you're creating and that's what you wanted to create. Yes. And, and so I think that's like, you go from a place of needs, it's, it's Maslow's hierarchy, it's all the things that you could talk to, but it's like, you had this, in the beginning for me, it was like, I need a little bit of financial freedom. And I just, I don't want to ask permission to go on vacation anymore from the military. <laughs> and I don't want to be deployed. And I want to be home with my family. And then I got home with my family a little bit more. And I realized, wow, I got this like entrepreneur bug that I actually really love. And these people understand me. And I was like this, I, I call it, a, I was like a closet entrepreneur. Like I've been in there the, the whole time, going back from selling candy at school, but I never realized that I worked for the government, for the man for a very long time. And it was just like caged up. And when it got unleashed, I was like, oh man, game on. I, I, if I found this when I was in my twenties, I would have been really dangerous. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, now I'm, you know, in my forties as an entrepreneur, loving every single thing that I get to do. I, I lose money in the, the farm and farmer's market, but I get to help all of these like stay at home moms that are creating side businesses to sell at the market. They're making more money. Like I, I, it's so cool to see that. And I spend my time there when I should be doing something that's thousand, two thousand, five thousand $2,000, $5,000 an hour. Yeah. But you get the cool thing I'm, is that your family's a part of that and they love it. And it's yeah. like spend time with them. It's so much, so much, so much more. It's life. We're living life and just enjoying the ride. And at some point you get to that place. And so I think everybody is in a different spot where wherever you are, if you need to make a couple bucks or you need to do the next deal, or, you know, you got to join the coaching program because you have this calling that you can do more and you're playing small and you want to grow and you see somebody else who's got the life that you want and the business that you want, and they're willing to to coach you want to go do it, like do it, but put it, put everything you got into it. Like, don't make it plan B or plan C or plan D, um, make it plan A and just get rid of B, C, D, and E, like get rid of it all. Like no matter what, you got to make it work. And that's just how, ah, that's how I see. And when you say yes and you go all in, you got to do that on a regular basis. You can't do it once and expect it to work on you. You've got to go all in all the time. You got to envision success. You got to envision that every single time you see it, you keep like you make a commitment to this thing that you're going to do. You have to reaffirm that commitment on a regular basis. Every single week, you need to recommit. 
Like you're always committing to something. You're always committing back to it. And the second that you stop doing that, you make this covenant, right? This, this agreement, just like if, if you go to church and you take the sacrament, you're making a covenant that I will be better. Like you're taking the bread and you're taking the cup and you're saying, you know what? This week, I'm going to move a little bit closer. And you're reaffirming. That's the, that's the covenant and the commitment that you make with God. And it's the same thing in your business. Just you got to recommit all the time. And so the people that are dropping out of the coaching program after five months are saying like, Hey, this isn't for me. Or they're just not making that commitment over and over and over again. It's one time commitment that fades over time. If you go to church one time a year, you are not, you're, you're not making that commitment every single week. And, uh, I think it's really important. It's like, it's in life. It's in their, their business. It's with, with everything, you know? It's so Do you remember the event that we went to? We, we just went to a mastermind meeting in Boise, right? Yes. And what did I say? I said, I, I said, I feel like the pendulum for my is swinging away. Like it's t- swinging towards business away from my wife. Right. And we're, we're having some, some trouble. Maybe we're kind of like going back to where we were like a year or two ago. And so in that moment, I said like, okay, it's, it's, it's for me to fix. This is for me to fix. It's my fault. It's for me to fix. I'm taking ownership. I went home from that event. I was home for a day and a half. And I said, I'm going to do everything that I can in that day and a half to move us closer together. And I did. I was like, we're, we're going to do these. We're going to go on a date. We're going to do, we're going to spend time together. I'm going to make her feel really sexy, really hot. Like it was an awesome day and a half, right? Which I'm sure you can imagine. And then when I left, she came to Cancun and I picked it up right where I left it off. Right. And now I like, I can just see a totally different person in my house. She's totally different because she feels loved. She feels cared for. She feels beautiful. Like all of the things that I stopped doing after I was doing for like a year, I just said, well, like I shouldn't have to do that all the time. Yeah, you should, you should. And so now I've just made that commitment. I took the step and it's, it's incredible. Like your life, your business, your relationships, your friendships, your family, like your, your, your religion, your faith, like all these things, they're all, all it's way. all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Recommit, make that commitment. Uh, it's so, so important. So, uh, I so, so true. And I, 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 Bill and I had this conversation, what he's talking about right now in the car. And he's like, I just got to commit to doing it. Like him and his wife were, you know, my husband and I were going through the same thing. And I've done the exact same thing. Like Bill, I was like, okay, like I've got to like, I've got to recommit to this. I've got to make it my focus, make it my number one, not look back, just go forward. And it's been like amazing. Too. And you know where we were at just, you know, a couple weeks ago. So it's amazing. It's amazing what you can do and you actually really put your mind to something and you commit to it and you work towards it and you don't take, there's no alternative, but for that thing that you are committing to doing. And again, reassessing, recommitting, restriving forward. Bill, we got to wrap up here, but I- One more second. One yes. thing. In a very short period of time too. That's the yes. most important thing that I want to put a stamp on here. In a very short period of time, you can make that commitment and make a change. So I'm talking about like flipping a relationship on its head, like 180 degrees in a day and a half. And it's all it takes. And not only that, it's like, but it's like doing the thing, right? It's like, okay, I'm I'm committing to it, but I'm also going to do the things that it takes and I'm going to keep doing it. Yep. And, but what I'm saying is you, you're hearing from me and Krista that this happened in a very short period of time. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. And there's always going to be things that I can do better, or we can get a little bit closer, but in a short period of time, just a couple of weeks, we were together two weeks ago that we both made that decision and you see progress over a very short period of time. 
That is what I think is amazing. It happened in your business. It's small actions built up over time that compound on each other that can produce massive results for you. And that's all massive results are. They're little things put together consistently over time that equals massive, massive results. Yep. Bill, I always love our chats. We should do this like once a month. We have to because it's <laughs> and just record our conversations. We have the best conversation. It's so good. But I am proud of you. I, I watched you make that commitment in in the car. I'm driving driving home from uh, the mastermind that night, and I was like, we both had the talk, and we both made the commitment, and we are, we've noticed very very quickly some massive results, which I am happy about for you and for, for me. So um, thank you so much for this hour with me. Can you do me a favor? I always let have everyone lead with one thing. Um, and by the way, listeners, thank you so much for your time. It means so much to us. Like I, nothing's more valuable than your time. So for you to spend it with Bill and I, it just means the world to me. And I'm just, I hope you're just inspired as I am about this conversation. But Bill, what would your last, what would you like to, how would you like to leave? Oh my gosh, this was so awesome. Um, I, I would say the, the biggest thing is, I want to leave you with this. Just Whatever, whatever you want to do, that big goal that you have, whatever it is for you, if it's getting uh, better with your spouse, like getting a little bit closer to your spouse, it's uh, moving a little bit deeper into your faith, it's building that friendship back again, it's, it's being, uh, you know, forgiving a family member or a friend and, and remembering what it was like 10 years ago, if it's building your business, if it's making more money, if it's quitting your job, whatever it is, like picture it in your mind that it's already done. Where are you? How does it feel? Um, who's with you? When is it? And picture it over and over and over and over again. And then take the action. Like everybody just says, take massive action. It's like, for what? It's for that. Like, that's what it's for. And if you use that to fuel you, you'll take the action. That, that You'll find the person that you need to find to get you there as a guide, which if you're listening to this in your business, it's 100% Krista, right? <laughs> it, you'll find them. You will commit. You will go all in. And you will take the action that's needed to get there because it's already done. Like the action is just the thing that needs to be done to get to the place that's already in your mind. And your mind is stronger than anything else and your willpower, all that stuff. So uh, I'll leave you with that. Like picture it. It's there. Who are you with? What does it feel like? Where are you? Who's with you? How much money do you have? What, is it, what does it look like? And, and you'll be able to take the action. Reverse engineer your success. Ooh, no excuses. There's so much research on visualization. I'm writing a book right now called Stop, Snap, and Switch. And we're actually, I'm writing that part of it, like the how the brain works and how the brain get by visualizing it gets you what you what you want. Okay, I'm gonna just tell you this one story really quickly since you just ended it like that. So there was this study and they took um they there's basketball players, right? So they somebody they for for 21 days, 20 days for 20 days, there's three groups of people. One group um uh made shots for you know every single day for 20 days in a row they actually shot the ball another group did nothing another group visualized themselves taking shots every single day for 20 days at the end of the 20 days the group that had actually made the, the actual shots physically improved by 24 percent the group that did nothing improved by zero percent the group that visualized it and saw it in their mind improved by 23%. There was just a 1% difference from actually doing it and actually visualizing it. There's so much scientific research about visualization and the mind, like I, I could go on for days. I'm literally obsessed like a tweaker about it. Everyone, thank you for your time. Bill, always so much love. Thank you so much for your time, guys and gals. He is uh, a multimillionaire, super, super successful. You wanna learn how to flip houses, you wanna learn about investing, Bill Allen is your guy. Go to sevenfigureflipping.com, Bill. Yeah. Sevenfigureflipping.com. And the name of your podcast is also Seven Figure Flipping, correct? 
Yep, that's yep. it. And he has a book called Seven Figures Slipping Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> seven Figure Flipping Underground. <laughs> seven, seven, seven Figure Flipping Underground. Okay, Phil, we love you. Everyone, make it a great thing for being here and make sure that it's not enough just to listen. You've got to actually implement and we will see you next time. Bye.